And welcome, one and all, to the comic multiverse. The you see, this is the problem, Matt. When this we tr- is staying in. This is staying in. You see, when we warm up the beginning, Matt and I were doing like you know tongue twisters and trying to quote like Ron Burgundy at each other. So when it actually comes time to do my thing that I have not fucked up in seventy episodes, I fuck it up. And now it's staying in because yeah. I'm in charge of edit. <laughs> it's true, Matt gets final edit there. You know, is it a very very harsh contract negotiation? He demanded final edit like Ed Norton, <laughs> and I had to give it to him. It's really weird because like an or- orchestra didn't like in like intro us. I know, right? That's what we really need. We need to be making the Sony bucks. You know what? I'll make that a Patreon stretch goal. If we get like <laughs> I don't know, like a thousand dollars, Matt and I will hire an orchestra to undercut everything we say. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel way fucking classier. Is what it I does. think when you have an orchestra following you around at all time and like an Inuit throat singer. We need like a woman Inuit throat singer to like bang on a drum or something every so often. After all, we are the classiest fucking comic book podcast that I personally know of. So maybe <laughs> maybe we should all just suit it up. Maybe, you know, it should be formal black tie from here on out. And not even us, the people listening there. You you guys should dress up in formal wear, too, to listen to us. It can be a whole new thing. I'm talking, like, the whole nine yards. I want to see, like, cumberbuns and top hats and <laughs> monocles and shit. We could wear, wear our fancy tracksuits. Oh, the fanciest of tracks. I can't believe I haven't worn a tracksuit yet on this thing. I've actually given a little bit more of a shit. One of those shirts that have, like, the, the, the suit pattern on them oh yes man my ideal thing for cape joel comic multiverse merch <laughs> moving into the future is i want the comic multiverse tracksuit with like our logo on the back and everything <laughs> that's the dream you know logo on back and maybe like little one over one of the like over the heart you know that's 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 <laughs> that's the real end game for this youtube comic book criticism podcaster game is i just want custom made tracksuits there's not a hell of a lot going on. I was surprised we were able to fill up a whole show with news this week, but we were. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots, lots of stuff happened this week. Yeah, lots of stuff I think we'll be able to give give our insight and commentary to because that's what you do when you do a podcast. That's that's part of the job. Yep. I mean, we could just sit here and say nothing, but it would be pretty awkward for the people listening. It would be. We'd just sit here, say nothing, and then like near the end, just... Hockow merchandise. <laughs> that's, see, that's the thing, fans. If it, 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 It's like the family road trip. Look, if you fans are good, you get a show. But if not, Matt and I are just going to sit here for an hour 30 and not say anything. We will, we will turn this show around, young man. <laughs> just do nothing. At least we finally reached a point now where our heroes can actually have their names in their titles for DC. That's, that's not too bad. You know, every, it's every, true. Every little step helps. Uh, yeah, everything little has. And if you, I don't know whether you've noticed as well, but since, like, uh, after Batman v Superman came out and everyone really hated it and they've sort of changed everything, Again. you know, with Jeff Johns being whatever he is, we don't really know, and all this other stuff, they've been a lot more, I guess, open. They're trying to be, about, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, then that sort of... It, they could be too open as well and reveal too much and... Yeah, it's it's really weird what they're doing. They're they're doing all those like we've seen those um that shot recently of uh, Zack Snyder mm-hmm, with- doing like those storyboards or whatever some reason where he's wearing a batman gauntlet for some reason yeah yeah apparently that yo bro this is how i write bro this is how my creative juices get flowing bro i gotta it, put the back glove on 
As someone said to me on Twitter, it felt really staged. <laughs> oh, I mean, of course. It's, it's funny, too, that it's like he's sitting there with the storyboards, but he's sitting there in, like, an artist stance. Like, you know, like he drew the storyboards, and I'm like, are we really supposed to sit here and think that Zack Snyder drew those? Well, when we went, someone actually zoomed in on them, and they were just literally stick figures, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, bro, and then the Batman fucking comes in, you know, he just pimps on in with his bat car. It's called the Batmobile, Zach, whatever, whatever. He comes pimping yeah, we're gonna change it, we're gonna change it, we're gonna, he's gonna have big fucking guns on the front, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Deathstroke, you know, he's a badass ninja motherfucker with no eye and shit. You know, he's basically Ron Perlman meets Stephen Lang, and he comes on yeah. in, and he's all old and, and they, they crossfit. <laughs> Yo, but he's jacked as shit, bro. I hope I'm that jacked as shit when I get to be his age, bro. <laughs> and everyone's like, this is this is great, Zach. You're, you're doing a bang-up job as everyone slowly backs up out of the room. Yeah, they, they just go back to shooting the film while he's over in the corner drawing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone, can we get Zach some crayons? He did some great pictures. Now, you color those, Zach, and we'll put those on the Warner Brothers fridge. <laughs> okay, bro, I'm gonna color the shit out of these pictures, bro. You'll see. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, hey, apparently we cast a larger shadow than we think, Matt, because wasn't there another piece of news that came out this week? You know, uh, who, what will the group of villains be to tie all the CW heroes together when we, next we see them in a big crossover? We joked, hey, shouldn't it be the Dominators? Aren't those some cool villains who aren't used in enough stuff? Well, it's gonna be the Dominators. I know. I when I saw that, I was like, oh, "Someone, someone's like tapped our phones or something." Mm-hmm. Or say like, these guys know what they're talking about. Let's let's listen to them. Where, where's our money, man? I know, and it's not even like I'm trying to be like uh, Captain Scoopy over here or anything. It's not even like I have some insider information or anything. I'm just a. I guess we're just both really good guessers. I don't know. It came out of nowhere as well. It really did. I mean, I was. It was just something we were just talking about. Like, hey. Dominators, because they were in the new Green Lantern comic. Mm-hmm. And like a week before, too, it came out. Yeah. It was shocking. It was really, really shocking. I, re- I really hope there's some shadowy, like, movie boardroom out there, like some CW boardroom, where they hear this show and they're like, who the fuck told them? Where's the leak? Yeah, we, we got to get it out now before they start telling us more. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. Yeah, and we've already kind of, sort of, not really had Hal Jordan in Arrow. It was that, like, slight cameo of some guy wearing a bomber jacket that said Jordan on it. Oh, more, more, more Arrow being Arrow. I love to, I actually watched the trailer for the newest season of Arrow, not because I like the show or anything, but because Cody Rhodes is going to be in it, and I guess he's going to be like a villain in the first couple episodes. And as I sit there and watch the trailer, he's just like, you know, maybe we should go back to killing. Maybe we had it right in the first season when we killed people. Oh, no. <laughs> And, like, one of the guys on his team, his new team, is literally just Casey Jones. Really? And they're like, oh, Vigilante. I'm like, really? Really? You're doing a TV <laughs> version of Vigilante? Even the comics don't like Vigilante. <laughs> Or maybe it was supposed to be Warrant or any of those other... It might have been Warrant, for all I know. And also, too, apparently the villain this season is going to be, like, Prometheus. Oh... But he looks... Got to call those Batman villains, man. Yeah, God forbid Green Arrow should fight actual Green Arrow villains, am I right? 
Oh, yeah. And I'm sure someone in the comments is already writing, but Joel, what about Cry for Justice? Green Arrow fought Prometheus in that story. Oh, you mean in one of the worst Justice League stories ever told? Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, that's, that's not a Green Arrow story. It's a Justice League story. That happened to involve the Green Arrow family. Yeah, you, yep. you just can't start pulling points from wherever. Where it's like, but Nazi Batman had goggles, so goggles are fine. Yeah, that was an Elseworlds Nazi Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't get to hold that up and say, no, but it's right because of this. No. <laughs> that's fact, not how it works. In fact, it lends further credence to it being wrong. You just shot your own argument in the foot. <laughs> God damn. What are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, the Batman. <laughs> we were talking about Batman. <laughs> but, yeah, the Batman. That that should be okay. There's a title. Batman's in it. I like it. No, man, the X-Men are real, and they... Or, no, the Inhumans are real, and they hate my X-Men. And I'm like, you know they're not real, right? Okay. You're not real, man. You're not real. Seriously, like, I, I mean this. Like, if you go to my one Death of X review I did, in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to review issue two, someone said, yeah, Cyclops is right. I blame Black Bolt for killing all the X-Men with his Terrigen Mist, only to have several people come to, to him in the comments and be like, well, technically, in Infinity, it was Maximus the Mad, and there was a lot of other stuff going on there. And Cyclops is a bit of a dick for blaming an entire race uh, just for the actions of one. I mean, that's kind of hypocritical coming from a mutant right <laughs> It'd be like, you know who else does stuff like that donald trump yeah i know right look the, look these mutants they're rapists they're no good they come to our country from the x mansion i'm gonna build a giant wall around westchester i'm gonna keep them all in it's gonna be fine <laughs> we'll just do that right matt <laughs> sounds good look, look these mutants they're bad hombres they're no good <laughs> Look, me and my best friend Putin, we're going to deal with these mutants. Friggin', you know, our enemies came from the moon. <laughs> it's an evil moon colony. Damn you, moon people. <laughs> you know that's totally what would happen in real life, Matt, if they finally started colonizing the moon and all the rich 1% assholes who could afford space travel started living on the moon. The rest of us on Earth would just be like, fuck you, moon people. <laughs> Yeah, and then they'd send down their mechs, their Trump mechs. And... <laughs> you think you're so great because you live on the moon. <laughs> you know what? I'd be great, too, if I lived on the moon. You know what? Fuck the moon. Or, you know, present day Earth for life. <laughs> I'm just going to start that right here, right now on the show. The Comic Multiverse is an anti-moon people show. <laughs> right here and now. Look, we're going to build a wall around space to keep them moon people in. <laughs> <laughs> no, who am I kidding? They would build the wall to keep the rest of the Earth people out. <laughs> Be like, yeah, it's just we got a lot of really cool stuff on the moon, a lot of cheese, and we don't want you, you know, coming here and taking our cheese. <laughs> That's the big mystery, Matt, that we're going to find out. The moon is actually made of cheese. Uh, the age-old mystery. Turns out it was actually right. We thought it was made of moon <laughs> rocks, but it was actually made of cheese. <laughs> Man, first thing I do when I get to the moon, I'm going to kick Apollo 13 over. There is actually a museum on the moon, and it's true. It's it's this little communication wafer thing that a bunch of famous artists like Andy Warhol and Jackson Pollock all painted on. Right. I want like a comic or something where they go and steal it. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. 
It'll be worth a million dollars, you know, or billion dollars. <laughs> It'll be worth at least a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> is what we're saying. At least a million. Man, that's the thing, too, when you steal shit that rare. It'd be like if you stole the Liberty Bell or something, or if you, like, stole the head off the Statue of Liberty. Who the fuck would you get to fence that? Because it's, like, one of a kind. Ah, some Russian oil baron or something. Oh, there you go. So, some rich Saudi sheik is what you're saying with like a bunch yeah. of disposable income. Some some person who's so rich they're crazy. They're so rich. <laughs> you give it to like one of those like the like the Sultan of Brunei or something will pay you like a chest of silver for the Liberty <laughs> Bell and the art from the moon. <laughs> That's a fuck of a heist, though, because you'd either have to stow away on a NASA ship or you'd have to get there some other way to steal it then bring it back. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to be smart to get there. <laughs> That's the heist of a century. Dude, there, there is Ocean's 14 right there is what that is. George Clooney gets all his buddies together and they're like, we're going to rob the moon. <laughs> but who's going to help us rob the moon? It's okay, I've got a specialist. He brings in Nicolas Cage from the National Treasure movies, and that's why it's like a crossover sequel. And they're like, okay, we're going to rob the moon now. And then he brings back Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck because they've been into space. Of and they're, they're, they're oil drillers, and yeah. <laughs> and then to drive the spaceship, they get Vin Diesel and the ghost of Paul Walker. <laughs> hey, guys, get in my spaceship. We're going to go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> this is only the third time I've been to space. Really, Vin, you've been to space <laughs> once as a tree, once as a necromonger. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to space a lot. <laughs> you live an interesting life, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Matt's just sitting here waiting. Like, I just want one good Superman movie. We finally have good Superman on TV. I just, I just want it's, good movie sequels. There's not much to ask. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's only the most easily recognizable superhero in the world. I didn't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> Hemispheres, man. I know, man. Freaking hemispheres. If I, if I was elected emperor of the universe, I would do something about this hemisphere problem. I would sort that out. Invade the hemisphere? Just take it out. We don't need it. The hemisphere. You know, you had a good run, hemispheres, and now we're done. You were a good Rush album, but no more. <laughs> no more hemispheres for anyone. And also, when I'm elected emperor of the universe this Tuesday as a write-in candidate, I am also going to deal with time zones and this daylight savings thing. What, what, why do we do it? <laughs> You're going to build another sun that is on the opposite <laughs> side of the sun we have now. So it's always daytime oh, that's when a good, we need it to be. <laughs> that's a good idea, man. I wouldn't even thought of a second sun idea. Do you want to be vice emperor of the universe and we can get to work on kickstarting <laughs> this second sun? <laughs> I like that idea that it'll all be one day, one time. And then I guess we can all start speaking the same language, too. We'll have to get on that one, too. <laughs> I'm not married to English. There's a lot of problems with English. Sometimes we spell colors with you. Sometimes we don't do that. You know, through and though and all that other shit. If someone wants to, you know, pitch a better language for us to all speak, I'm all ears. Well, it's like in, in almost every futuristic sci-fi show, you either, either speak like Chinese or mm -hmm. uh, Russian or something like that. So it'll be one of them. I liked uh, what is it? I liked South Park's version of that, where they're like, "Yeah, in the future, we speak a hybrid of all languages. You know, French, Spanish, Portuguese, uh, Italian, a little bit of English, and some Valley Girl. It's all just in there." <laughs> 
It's a hybrid of all languages as we become a hybrid of all people. And two, in science fiction shows in the future, they all have one outfit. Do you notice that? It's all usually a silver jumpsuit or something. <laughs> Imagine how easy your day would be if you didn't have to think about clothes, if you could just wake up in the morning, throw on the jumpsuit. Yeah, which jumpsuit am I going to wear today? Oh, maybe the silver one. Yeah, always the silver one. It's shiny, and that's how you know we're in the future, when you're wearing the silver jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, if your clothes are covered in aluminium foil, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then, then you know you're in the future. Truly, it is the future that we will fight for. Yeah, that's right. Savitar, another evil speedster with yeah. a speed cult. Because what yeah. you got to do, you got to worship that evil speed is what you got to do. <laughs> That's, uh, that's the new church I'm starting, Matt. We're going to get tax-exempt status. We're going to start a speed church. Oh, is that where we just, like, take speed? <laughs> you see, Matt, this is why you're my second-in-command on this. You know exactly where I'm going before I go there. <laughs> it's like, oh, are we just going to worship the speed force now? We're just going to give all the people who follow us a bunch of speed. <laughs> Dissolved in Kool-Aid. We're going to get so much work done, Matt, when we give all these people speed. <laughs> They're going to just be flying. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to see. It's going to be huge. Because I'll tell you this right now, Matt. When I hit 70, I'm not doing anything new. <laughs> if, if God willing, I make it to 70 and we got those moon colonies and the giant robots and everything, I ain't doing anything new. <laughs> I'm living in my retirement community. My children probably not speaking to me anymore. <laughs> And that's what I'm going to do. But my kids, Joel Jr., Jr., Epsilon, and uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to think, like, if I had a girl, what's a funny name I would give a girl? Oh, uh, and Cora. Yeah, yeah, they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Clearly, we know whom the favorites were in that one between Joel Jr., Jr., Epsilon, and Cora. <laughs> I was this close to calling you Harley Quinn, girl. <laughs> don't be mad at me. God damn, I can't believe I rode 15 hours to New York forward and backwards. God damn it. My ass is still uh. sore from that. <laughs> Although I will never forget my bus drivers. Did I tell you the legend of Whitaker, my first Greyhound bus driver? No, you didn't. Oh, my God. Dude, Whitaker. Let me tell you about Whitaker. So Whitaker drove at night with sunglasses on. He was like an eight-foot-tall <laughs> black man. His glasses, too, might I add, had like golden Greyhounds on the side. Oh, that's awesome. Which made me wonder, I'm like, is that like something you get? Is that like your black belt as a Greyhound driver? Or did he get those custom made? <laughs> <laughs> and again, with a name like Whitaker, I'm like, how many people have asked him, like, are you related to Forrest Whitaker? I don't think he is. <laughs> but he had such like a smooth voice, like over the intercom. I was like, okay, people, so we're heading to Syracuse now and Buffalo, and that's what we go and do. And you know, you got 15 minutes, go grab a smoke, grab whatever you need, and then we go and get back on the bus. <laughs> and that was Whitaker. And I'm like, man, what a, what a way, wise, magical character this Whitaker is. I bet if you asked him for advice, he'd be like, well, I'll tell you what I learned driving the bus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are a lot like a bus They get on and off <laughs> Sometimes they stay on I learned many a things from driving a bus So thank you, Whitaker of Greyhound Wherever you are <laughs> You will be remembered My bus drivers on the way back were much less interesting It was quite a thing And I, I had a very weird experience Because I actually got pulled aside in the airport For extra screening 
And I'm like, okay, what, what the hell is up with this? Keep in mind, I've maybe only ridden on a plane three times in my whole life. I'm like, why am I getting pulled aside for extra screening? Uh, turns out there's like an old IRA guy whose name is also Joel Daly. <laughs> yeah. You, you run him with those Irish... Irish fucking um, terrorist, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently. The dude was like 59, and like they looked me over once. It's like, I'm guessing you're not this guy, huh? You're not related to him? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Okay, we just had to check. So, you know, they, they put away the big blue gloves that were going to go up, up, up my tuchus, up my butthole. <laughs> they were done with that. <laughs> but that was a funny situation. And then it got even weirder from there. So, like, I'm at the snack stand, right? trying to get some gum to pop my ears for the ride, you know, because I, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I remember about flying. Your ears get all messed up. And all yep. around me, I see this dark shadow following me, and I don't know what's up with it. I see it out of the periphery of my eyes. I turn around, it's gone. I see it out of the other side of my eyes. Boom, it's gone. I'm getting really freaked out. I'm ready to go up and pay for my stuff. It's only when I look behind me. I, I assume death was following me, just, you know, the grim specter <laughs> of death, that this is how I die. Uh, no, it was just a kind Kindly Hasidic Jewish man who was like, hey, man, you dropped your headphones. Yeah, but he was dressed like the undertaker. He had the big black coat and the hat and the gloves and everything. I'm like, oh, good. You're not death. That's that's good. That's cool. That's how they get you. They get they lure you into a false sense of security and then, bam, he touches you and you die. That's how you die. Hey, you, you dropped your headphones. Here, take them. Take them in the internal embrace. No, no, I'm good, man. I can buy them when I'm on the plane. It's all good, man. But, uh, yeah, that book was pretty good and it ended with the Sinestro Corps and Green Lantern Corps forming one giant corps. Oh, shit. Do they have a new name or are they just the joint corps? No. Nah. They're just the joint core. They should pick a new name. <laughs> the, the slightly brownish core. <laughs> the dual core. Hey, what do you get when you mix uh, yellow and green together? Brown. You get the color of poop. <laughs> you are brown lanterns. You are the masters of shit. <laughs> I, I love a fan of ours actually did brown lantern uh, fan art for us back in the day. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good stuff. MD Kex, wherever you are, man, that was good shit. The th- the thing I really did like about this issue is the relationship that because Superman's back in this issue, um, oh, talking with with uh, Oliver, uh, well, not Oliver Arthur, uh, at the at the White House about uh, respecting him and everything and what he did with this um, whole war thing and how he handled it, and he actually gives him his Justice League membership card thing back. Aww. So he's part of the Justice League, even though he's been part of the Justice League this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a nice moment. I like that that they've got kind of like a mutual respect for each other like they did in the old pre-Flashpoint universe. That's sweet. I like that. I like it when heroes talk nice to each other. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You're my best friend, Arkathur. Don't tell Batman. (laughs) He gets really mopey about it. Yeah, he'll try and kill someone or start his own suicide squad again. Yeah, really? He, he's he got issues. We're trying to get him to go to therapy. <laughs> hey, Aquaman, did you hear a teenage prostitute stabbed Batman in the throat? <laughs> he almost died. Uh, I think Arthur would laugh at that. <laughs> I'd love that if they just started ripping on Batman behind his back. Like, yeah, did you hear this? <laughs> yeah, then he just let Catwoman go. What a show, am I right? We wouldn't have done that. <laughs> Superman's like, if that was me, I would have flown up into where her plane was and been like, hey, you're coming with me. (laughs) 
but uh, the RZA of the Wu-Tang Clan fame will be directing an episode of the upcoming Iron Fist show. Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. I know the guys directed a, uh, a couple of movies. Wasn't he in that movie The Man with the Iron Fist? Yes. <laughs> Which is a very confusing title because you pick that up and be like, ooh, is this about Danny Rand? No, it is not. It's about his his ancestor, RZA. Uh, the RZA. <laughs> the RZA, the Jizza, the ghost face killer. Man, to think the Marvel Universe has such rap cred across the board from Luke Cage literally getting his own rap anthem to now the RZA, who is a well-known lover of anime and kung fu films and everything else, getting to do this now. Yeah, has me excited for the for the episode as well because it might be like those like old kung fu movies that oh. he likes and everything. Because again, for those who don't know you Wu Tang out there, they take a lot of reference from old Shaw Brothers kung fu movies. I mean, come on, listen to their name, the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. It's, it's right there. It's right there in the name because, I mean, let's face it, Iron Fist, much like the Wu-Tang, ain't nothing to fuck with. And indeed, the Marvel Universe, much like Wu-Tang, is for the children. Yep. I love that they say that. <laughs> you know, they got the old dirty bastard. They talk about hitting it raw. And meanwhile, they also turn around and say, but Wu-Tang is for the children, though. <laughs> I love to say that about this show, too. The comic multiverse is also for the children. <laughs> yes, we do it for the children. We do it for the children out there who really shouldn't be listening to us. But we love you anyway. <laughs> Kids, we love you so much. Tell you what, you go, you go to your mama's purse, you pull out five, ten dollars, and you send that to us is what you do. <laughs> oh, man, that's what we need, Matt. We just need one good, like, controversy under our name. We need, like, a kid to, like, steal a cop car and do something horrible. And when, like, the teachers and principals and everything ask them, why did you do it, little Billy? They'll be like, I learned it listening to the Comic Multiverse podcast. <laughs> And Our then, hits would be great. <laughs> then we'd be infamous is what we would need. Forget going viral. We would go toxic is what we would go. <laughs> That's all you need, man. You just need one good controversy to ride it forever. All our favorite heroes at one time or another were, you know, claimed for corrupting young children's minds. Every great band that ever rocked was called satanic and a bad influence. Every great R-rated movie that's like, ah, oh, that'll rot your brain. You know, that's what we want to be. We strive to be those guys. Yeah, if you play us backwards on a record player, you'll get a, a recipe for a good hummus dip or something. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Hey, did you hear if you listen to the comic multiverse backwards, you can hear the devil? <laughs> we're not confir we're not we're neither confirming nor denying we are putting satanic messages in our podcast if you listen to them backwards. You'll just have to hear that for yourself. Apparently, Frank Miller says he has a Superman story that he really wants to tell. People were definitely sure to tweet that at me. <laughs> all the time, all day, every day. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, please don't, please. I, I'm sure you had the same reaction I did. Just just stop, Frank. Just stop it. <laughs> go go home. You're drunk, Frank Miller. <laughs> just, just stop it. <laughs> no, I want to really tell a story. As my Frank Miller impression, I, I should make him sound more like Freddy Krueger. I really want to tell a story that'll let people know how much I love Superman. Well, the thing is, the people would forget about it because these books never come out on time. That's true. That's, that's like, oh, oh yeah, that he's writing that book. That's right. <laughs> Dark Knight Three is still like one issue left to come out. Jesus Christ! All this time later, I think you and oh. I had just started up this channel basically when that happened. 
I, yeah, I think so, yeah. I think we just started this show. That's that's how long. We we managed to finish 53 episodes of this podcast before Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello could finish Dark Knight 3. <laughs> what does that tell you? Sal there from Comic Pop who actually has been reading it. And he's like, I'm pretty sure in the next issue, Batman, who is young again somehow, he didn't explain how that happened. Oh, God damn it. He's pretty sure young Batman is going to have sex with Carrie Kelly at some point in the next issue. That's that's his feeling. Oh, jeez. What the fuck is going on in that book? And I'm like, yeah, that'll bring it all full circle, won't it? That'll, that'll, that'll be it. That'll just fix everything, won't it? <laughs> And then Batman kills Superman all over again, and then he has sex with Carrie Kelly on his corpse. <laughs> you joke, but... <laughs> Frank Miller would do that. And then, you know, and then they burn some Korans while they're at it. Did, did I mention I don't like brown people? Yes, Frank, you've mentioned it several yeah, times. That Batman says he's got to go to the release to, to deal with the brown people. <laughs> no! It's like, damn it, Frank, we wouldn't let you tell that story before. Well, I'm doing it now. I worked it in. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Brian. We thought we told you to hit his hands away from the keyboard if he went there. <laughs> and Brian Azarel's like, I'm so tired. Of course, if you watched uh, the Killing Joke animated movie, he's, you know, no stranger to Batman fucking his sidekicks and weird, gross sex scenes. So maybe so, that's... So, yeah, that's his his idea. <laughs> that, that was his thing. Hey, Frank, and you know what he should do? Batman should fuck Gary Kelly. And Frank's like, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Brian. Come here. Blah, 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 blah. Not gay, though. <laughs> he has to say that every time. That's that's how Frank Miller punctures all his sentences. Not gay, though. <laughs> and Batman's big, strong, and rippling. Not gay, though. <laughs> so that was Daredevil, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daredevil was good. It's it's funny too because when you know when you get to go to those free comic book days events, you get to see like all the stratas of nerddom. You get to see like the guys who brought their kids. You get to see the people our age with the chin beards and the wallet chains. People make fun of my chin beard and wallet chains, but not on free comic book day. <laughs> and free comic book day, you're weird if you don't have those. <laughs> then you get all the Magic the Gathering nerds in there because, of course, what are most comic book stores now if not also hubs for Magic the mm -hmm. Gathering? And yeah. then th there was one guy, and, and like, I, I, like I almost went to a very like mean, very jockey place in my mind when I saw this dude. He was like at least 300 pounds, had a fedora and a big scruffy chin beard. It was raining out that day, so he had a samurai sword umbrella like you do. <laughs> And I'm like, God, look at this nerd stereotype. What a stereotype. And then his wife came up with their baby. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and she just looked like a normal lady with a normal crib. And I'm like, oh, way to defy stereotypes, nerd man. Good on you. Good on you, sir. <laughs> I also think he was wearing like a Dark Souls Praise the Sun shirt at the same time as well. <laughs> Now, it's funny, too. Oshawa, the area I went to, as any Canadians will know, it's a bit of a sketchy area. And on our way walking to the store, me and my buddy had to, like, you know, deke around two crackheads. Oh, fantastic. Who had just come to watch what was going on. Clearly, they saw, uh, what is it, a bunch of signs that said free, free. And they're like, oh, well, we got to check this out. <laughs> free crack? What? Is it free? I hope it's crack. Tell you what, maybe we can get some of these free comics and maybe they'll appreciate in value and then we can then trade them for crack. <laughs> Was probably their line of thinking. And I'm like, man, that's stupid. Only now I find out issues of Secret Empire 
free comic book day are actually going for seven dollars on ebay now god damn it now i wish i got one you know why god damn it you want to know why they're going for seven dollars on ebay matt and this is the next story this is my big long roundabout way to get into the next topic (laughs) do you want to know why they're actually getting expensive now I think I have an inkling. People who are mad at Nick Spencer, mad at a fictional Captain America turning to a fictional branch of fascism in a made-up story. They're so mad about it, they got free comic book day issues to burn in protest. That's great. (laughs) To which many people are saying, oh yeah, yeah, look at you, you're all big men and women burning comics in effigy that were free. That's awesome. The, the L and I, and I actually told you that on Twitter, I had poutine for the first time. Yes, tell me all about this. It was all right. Yeah. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if you have no cultural connection to it, let, let me ask you this. What kind of gravy did they use? Was it a dark gravy or was it a lighter gravy? It was the dark. Okay, because traditional poutine gravy is like mostly chicken gravy with a little bit of beef in there. And the idea about that is is that you want a nice light consistency for it so it like trickles down and all your fries get a nice coating for it. Uh, so, so there's a, a science to poutine. <laughs> there is, man. Seriously, like, here's the thing. When I was out in Victoria, I had, like, poutine every day at, like, a bunch of different places. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this should be a show. This should be a show. I should be Mr. Poutine, and I should just go around and review all the different types of it. Did you ever, did you ever see that kid? He's really popular. He's, he's from Britain. He's, it's, what's his show called? The, uh. The, the, the Pengris Munch or something, he basically just goes around to all the chicken and chip shops in the UK. No, I haven't seen that. He's quite popular. He gets a hell of a lot of views, and he's actually a little bit of a celebrity in the YouTube food and eating stuff game. And I'm like, well, fuck, if he can do that, let me do my cultural food. <laughs> you could be like Guy Fieri. I could be, man. I have enough Guy Fieri shirts. You've seen me when I spike <laughs> up my hair. I could be the Canadian Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this poutine's Flavortown right here. It's the bomb.com, I tell you. <laughs> Or you could serve that on a flip-flop. Just a many other words. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about Fieti is I'm sure if you've seen him in interviews and stuff, that's not a character he puts on for TV. He really is like that. Oh, yeah, he, he is like that. I saw a picture of, like, I think it was, like, at his house or his garage or something. All the cars he has, they're all the same color, and it's, like, that canary yellow. <laughs> nice. I, uh, like every every car he owns. <laughs> I was watching him on that Hot Ones show, which is like half yeah. talk show, half eating hot food show. And they asked him, what's up with all the fucking shirts you wear, guy? And he's like, well, when I had to go to the Food Network to interview for my job, they said, hey, wear a nice shirt. And a bowling shirt was the only shirt he had with buttons. And they liked him and gave him a show. So the wardrobe guy just kept giving him new and different bowling <laughs> shirts every episode. <laughs> So, you know, let that be a lesson to you all. Be careful what you wear to a job interview because you might be wearing it forever. (laughs) It might become your thing. It might. There was also some other shit he was doing. What was he doing? He was, like, signing TV dinners and throwing them out to a crowd of people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, that is that, that is height guy Fieri is what that is. That's like, that's, it's like he wasn't five, that was 11. <laughs> It'd be even better if he had one of those T-shirt cannons and he was shooting it from them. Oh, shooting TV dinners from a cannon? Yes, please. 
<laughs> I support the dinner gun. Hey, Joel, what are you doing to fight inner city hunger, dinner gun? <laughs> Just walking through doors like the freaking Terminator hitting people with the TV dinner gun. <laughs> it's, it's like Homer's makeup gun. Oh, yes. Oh, no, you had it set to whore. <laughs> Why would there even be a whore setting? <laughs> uh, but yes, everyone, believe it or not, this is a comic book podcast you've started listening to. She basically says that you're the old gods, we are the new gods, you have to serve us, and by doing that, you have to give us our life force. Fair enough. And yeah, she, she's been giving her life force of these gods to her, her father, who is like a, I guess, like a 13-year-old boy now. Oh, teenager. He's, 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 he, yeah, he's not baby Darkseid anymore, like in metal. <laughs> he's going um, through an awkward teenage phase, Darkseid. Which is handy, because now you can gauge when this story takes place compared to metal. <laughs> exactly. I imagine teenage Darkseid writing on his live journal, Man, life is a fuck. I can't wait until I get the anti-life equation that I don't got to live with my mom anymore, who's also technically my daughter. <laughs> his blog would be called The Source Wall. <laughs> yes, a million times, yes, it would be. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a place where I upload a lot of pirating material, a lot of songs I like. Uh, uh, that's good stuff. Man, in the comment section down below, everyone, give us your best teenage dark side. What does teenage dark side do with his day? Man, this is the Link Lincoln Park. Man, I'm going to go on Facebook <clears throat> and I'm going to cyber bully the Teen Titans. You'll see. We're cyborg guys. We're cyborg. <laughs> hey Garfield Logan, you should kill yourself. You should just kill yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, your family on the Doom Patrol doesn't even love you. They don't even mention you. <laughs> but then you like don't mention them either, which is weird. But like whatever, you should kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey Starfire, aren't you too old to be a teen? <laughs> <laughs> you're like the den mother of the team, but you're still on the Teen Titans. Shouldn't you be on the Justice League by now? <laughs> Hey, Damien, your dad's dead. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, your your dad is... Do you have a dad? I think you do. <laughs> just, no, just no one cares who Darkseid's father is. <laughs> Actually, I think Darkseid's father showed up like in a weird like tie-in at one point. I think so, yeah. His name was like something something Khan. He's like, I am the father of Darkseid and there is nothing interesting about me. <laughs> The sad truth is, and we've mentioned this before on the show, I love comic stores. I love my local comic store, but they're going away. We will see the death of them in our lifetime. Digital is more convenient and just all around better. It's the way of the future. And I feel a lot of what's holding back DC and Marvel is them, you know, like clinging to this very archaic direct market. Diamond Distributors has way too much control. And it's, it's kind of like the coal industry is what it is, where it's like, no, we need to keep pushing this. For as long as we can, even if it makes no sense, we need to keep doing this. And, you know, all the stories, we will listen and follow whoever who tells us they can save us. Uh, also, too, if you've been paying attention, I've been Twitch streaming a lot more recently. And, hey, guess who's got two thumbs and became a Twitch partner this week? 
Ah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It just I just had to keep doing it. So thank you to the same 10 people who showed up to watch me and kept <laughs> consistent enough. I know I do it from like 11 to 1 in the morning, which means I get like a lot of people in different time zones. So I appreciate everyone coming to watch me. And also thank you, Trappy Jenkins, who became my first uh, like actual donator to the stream. Trappy's been a, fr- a fan for a real long time. He had some spare bits. So thanks to him, I made 12 whole cents. Oh, for, you can retire now, Joe. Yeah, that's 12 cents. I have cents. to start looking, looking for another co-host. <laughs> that's 12 cents I did not have before. I take that 12 cents down to the racetrack. I put that 12 <laughs> cents on a 20 to 1, and then I turn that 12 cents into whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I started streaming a little bit more this week as well. I started streaming streaming um, Battlefield two, uh, Battlefront 2, right. the, the single-player campaign, which is it, it's pretty good. Pretty get, good. Get your Star Wars. It's, it, the, 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 dif- the, the difficulty levels, the imbalances is, is, is shocking, and I'll talk <laughs> about that in my review, but it is pretty fun. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad we're both doing that. And hey, if you if you wonder why all your favorite YouTubers have suddenly started streaming out of the blue, it might have something to do with those piss yellow check marks, piss yellow <laughs> dollar signs that are making us uh, fear for the sustainability of our uh, of our freaking craft online. Yeah, I've got a new weekly schedule. I uh, get up, I'll go check my channel for any of those yellow marks. Yep. And yep, that's that's our life now. Wake up, make my tea, check my email. Oh, hey, did any of my videos get monetized, demonetized in the night? Oh, a couple did. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the small ones either. It's no. often the big ones. <laughs> no, it's always. Big. Here's the thing: I'll, I'll go a week and I won't get a single demonetization. Then, like last week, everyone got demonetized, like every mm-hmm. new one. And I'm like, God damn it, you're stealing, you know, like tens of twenty of dollars from me, which when you <laughs> live paycheck to paycheck means a lot. Okay, so Matt, ever since we went video, he downloads a version of it, uploads it to his channel, puts that up on the Patreon so Patreon fans can see it. Even when he just put up last week's episode, it got a piss yellow check mark on it, and it hadn't even been like officially published anywhere else yet. It was unlisted. I had l- uploaded it literally five minutes prior, and no then tags, I just went no back nothing. in, went back into the video manager to get the link. And goddamn, goddamn piss, piss stain yellow Check mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, goddamn it. It's 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 again. It's fucking stupid because it's like the way I thought it was is that like, hey, if you know you put anything considered too controversial in your tags. You know, you'll get in trouble for it and they'll like, you know. Or your thumbnail or something. Or your thumbnail. Again, for those keeping track, the thumbnail for last week's episode was Brian Michael Bendis' face. So apparently (laughs) Brian Michael Bendis' face is far too controversial for YouTube. It's 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 up there with gun rights and you know ban all assault bendises. Yeah, all ban all Matt. I think you just have our new shirt right there. Ban all assault bendises, and it's just Brian Michael Bendis's face with like two machine guns on either side. <laughs> That's almost as funny as our bit from a couple of weeks ago, where it's like, hey, ban all assault words, or you can have assault words, but they can only have six letters in them. If you can't get the job done with only six letters, you don't deserve to have it. That's that. When, when we do the end of the year leading to Christmas best of bits thing, that's that's going to be on it. <laughs> the best podcast bits. That one's going to be on there. Hey, down in the comment section below, tell us what bits we did this year that you would like to see on the best list for the end of year roundup. <laughs> I'm sure there's ones I'm forgetting. 
Yeah, yeah. And you, did you know that Brian Michael Bendis' first DC story will be in Action Comics 1000? I did know that. They didn't say he was taking over the book, but that, I mean, I'm sure, as with most big anniversary titles, it will be an anthology and a bunch of writers will have one. But, yeah, it's cool to think that Brian Michael Bendis... A, that he's going to have a story in the first ever 1,000th installment of a character. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it pretty awesome. It's really cool. Black Panther and Lexus have joined forces <laughs> to tell you about cars. <laughs> I always love those comics. They, would, they, would, they have uh, like like the, the Justice League and Subway and, oh, yeah. and the, the Colonel Sander call oh, and everything. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, if you're going to do blatant product placement, at least thank you for being blatant about it. I really want to challenge yeah. you. To be like, you. You know I am the king of, a, of an African nation that you know is the most technologically advanced in the world. I have flying cars and teleporters and everything else. But you know what? At the end of the day, nothing beats a lecture. Texas, though, <laughs> as he counts his money. <laughs> <laughs> or like, oh, the day could never have been saved from those terrorists if it were not for the uh, genius engineering and comfort of this Lexus. <laughs> Thank you, Lexus. You will always be a friend to Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wakanda has never been conquered, and as such, neither has Lexus been conquered. <laughs> It's it's called like Black Panther Man in Machine or like Black Panther Ghost in the Machine and I'm like is the machine Alexis? Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Everything is Lexus. It's all Lexus. That's why Lexus has built Black Panther a brand new suit that is actually better than his vibranium suit. <laughs> <laughs> and when he takes the suit off, it turns into a Lexus. It turns into a Lexus. It's basically a Transformer. <laughs> uh, all the other Avengers are driving shitty Hondas, but not Black Panther, for he has the power of Lexus on his side. <laughs> See, oh, that's what it needs to do. Like, Black Panther's like, oh, no, all the other auto manufacturers of the world have actually been taken over by scrolls. <laughs> Don't, and they're turning scrolls into cars. Don't, don't buy a Ford, everyone. Don't buy the new Festiva. Don't, don't buy the El Camino. Only Lexus can you trust, for they are not owned by scrolls. You go for it, Matt. You do you. And that is the return of Superman's underwear. The, the red trunks, they're coming back. It only took a thousand issues. Well, actually took it a little less than a thousand issues, but they are returning all red everything. Yeah, they're they're actually returning before this though. Oh, really? Yeah, their their first, well, apparently their first appearance is going to be in uh, Green Arrow thirty eight. Really, really, they're coming yeah, back in a yeah. Green Arrow the, issue. The, the the artist uh, Juan uh, Fierra posted a picture from that issue of Superman in in those trunks. Oh shit! I guess that's the timeline then that the events of Green Arrow happen after the events of Action Comics number one thousand. Yeah, and I think Action 1000 happens, or maybe the main story happens after Doomsday Clock. I don't know. Because it's going to be one of those big anthology books with everyone writing a story, including Brian Michael Bendis having a story in this. Yeah, that'll be his first DC uh, story, and that comes up very soon in April. It does. It comes out very soon. People are already getting super excited about that. And I think we can all agree, and I know Matt and I have been pushing this forever, it's about damn time the trunks come back. Yeah, I, I, I really like them, and I, I like the current costume he has now, but mm -hmm. like the trunks, they they break up that blue. And, and they're it, iconic. It, it, yeah, and it, it looks right. 
it just looks right. It looks proper. It's the way Superman will always be remembered in pop culture with the trunks. You can't fight it. They, you already had them like that for like 75 years. There's no going back on it. You had a good run with trunkless Superman. This Superman, as we've had, is probably the best looking without trunks he's been. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I I asked the question. I wonder at what point in the story will he finally say, you know, you know what? Like he's talking to John and Lois. You know what, guys? This is when I'm gonna start wearing these on the outside now. <laughs> what, but what are you gonna do about it? It would be something for like uh, Batman to be like, oh, Clark's uh, Clark's wearing the trunks on the outside again, huh? Well, <laughs> well, I can't let that Kryptonian fucker outshine me, huh? Look, I'm doing it too. <laughs> Batman can do it too. In fact, all you Robins, you gotta start doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> D- Damien put these on and Damien will be like no fuck you and be like, okay well Duke will put it on because Duke is my good son and Duke's like I'm not even your son man look Duke this, this is what will get you over as a sidekick this is what will make the fans love you put, this, put these little uh, short shorts on and these elf boots and people will love you uh, instant, instant hit instant hit instant love that's what it would do but yeah, I mean, because uh, it's like the thing, every other hero does it. Every hero is drawn that way because Superman did it first and everyone lost their trunks around the same time he lost them. I mean, there's a reason when people look back at haircuts from the 80s and go, man, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, that was the style at the time. <laughs> no trunks was the style at the time. Yeah, yeah, now that's not it's it's more about legacy and yes. everything nowadays. Yeah, let's let's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'm glad they finally yeah. learned that. Back in the sixties, Jane Foster had a husband, Keith Kincaid, and they had mm-hmm. a kid together, little widow Jimmy Kincaid. And uh, in 2007, uh, when Straczynski was writing Thor and they were all living on Earth again, uh, Jane hears about Thor coming back and, like, abandons her family to go try and find (laughs) Thor and get back with him. And then the husband and the son die off panel. Oh, God. (laughs) And Jason Aaron brings this up and is like, no, 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 no. She felt really bad about it, everybody. And then when they died, she blamed Thor and the gods for it, being like, you know, why Why can the gods battle Galactus and turn back Phoenix forces whenever, but when my family died, how come you weren't there for that? Jason Aaron's been on this book for six years. Yeah, that's a long time. You and I have switched jobs multiple times <laughs> in what it has taken Jason Aaron to write Thor. And that hit me, and I'm like, wow, even at this juncture, he's still plunging new depth and still writing new stuff for these characters. And man, is going to be sad when it's all over. Jason Aaron, he's off Star Wars uh, and off, like, the main books. Is, so. is he exclusive with Marvel, Jason Aaron? I think he might be. <sighs> Maybe? I don't know. I think he might be exclusive with because I don't see him write anything else, just Marvel and his own series. Yeah, yeah, he, he may, maybe, yeah. Which, hey, ain't a bad gig when you can get it. Mm, yeah. That he's, like, making enough money that he doesn't have to go work for both companies at the same time. But, yeah, I mean, hey, anything DC by Jason Aaron would be off the hook. I don't think, has Jason Aaron written anything for DC? I'm going to have to look now. I don't think he has. All, all the Jason Aaron series I can think of were were all Marvel or Independence. Uh, he his name is on the the, the, the DC website. So uh, what what has he what has he done? 
Maybe some backups. Again. Unless, unless I'm just really Scouts is technically a DC comic. Oh, apparently, it was Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah, he, he's written Scout for DC Comics. <laughs> Scout is one of the many multiverses in the New Fifty Two. That one exists out there in the multiverse. I, I like in his bio on the DC Comics it says he enjoys many things, but shaving is not one of them. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Have you seen his face? I, I agree, sir, Mister Aaron. I agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't grow near as luscious a beard as you, but I agree. <laughs> you know, I hear if you meet Jason Aaron at a con, if you tug on his beard three times, you get a wish. <laughs> you just got to catch him first, and he's wily. <laughs> and he's always greased up. That too, which makes it difficult. I'm going to challenge myself, because if you can't tell, I've got like really soft baby skin. I'm going to challenge myself for the next couple months to see how big and hobo-y I can get the beard before I cut it again. <laughs> so that's That'd my challenge. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that should be like some sort of stretch goal for like 20,000 subscribers or 100 episodes. Like, I will grow a beard and I will not shave it <laughs> until we hit 100 episodes or 20,000 subscribers, whatever happens. It's, it'll be called the Jason Aaron Challenge. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, fuck. That's really good, Matt. We should do that for like charity one year. <laughs> And be like, hey, Jason Aaron, we're doing this in honor of you. What do you think, sir? <laughs> be like, it's okay. <laughs> what what beard oils would you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we got to make it like some kind of like a hashtag protest. Like Matt and I and the entire comic multiverse universe will grow our beards until Jason Aaron writes Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> we won't stop growing our beards until he does this book we want. <laughs> And everyone's like, that's not bad. That's all right. <laughs> it, it's like, I'm glad you guys didn't go with a hunger strike. Yeah, I, I could not go in two weeks with a hunger strike. We did get some insight into what the new titles are going to be. And the first one, they put their best foot forward. And Matt, I, I'm not going to say the comic multiverse can take 100% credit for this. But if you listen to our show last week, Matt and I swore we would grow our beards until Jason Aaron, <laughs> our fellow brother in beardiness, was made the head writer of Avengers. Well, guess what? It only took a couple days. Yeah, I think someone on Twitter like both mentioned us about that. It's like, well, that was like the shortest protest. <laughs> and look, I'm not going to take credit for it, but we did it. Mission accomplished. We did it. Never let it be said that the comic multiverse does not look to the future and does not know what is going on in the way the winds are blowing. <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking of comic creators, so again, Fan Expo, uh, Scott Snyder was there. Uh, I passed Capullo in line. I was going to say, hey, but he was with his wife. And you, you, you can spot Capullo in a con setting because he's like a big jack dude with a shiny shaved head, cool beard, and he was wearing a Black Label Society hoodie. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, no doubt who that is. Apparently, all the big comic creators got together for dinner atop the CN Tower, and apparently that's where they ate every night. And the CN Tower was within walking distance of my hotel. Like, you like you could see it. They ate, like, right across. Oh, wow. And we were this close to going up and eating at the CN Tower ourselves, being like, oh, fuck, like, imagine, imagine if we overheard what they were saying. Imagine what we could overhear them <laughs> talking about. And then it's like, eh, well, for one... It's like a hundred bucks for a steak at the CN Tower restaurant. Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's not a cheap place to eat. It's really not. And it's like thirty-seven bucks, even if you just want to go up during the day. Jesus. Yeah. And I, I I've never been, and then I'm reminded, like, oh yeah, this is why I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs>
dude, dude, fuck this wonderful building of ours. That's why they ate there because they knew no fan could afford after going to Fan Expo. No. Like they couldn't afford a house. We, we can sit up in our tower. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, that's that was literally their tower stronghold. Jim Lee was there too, and he's like a president of the company, so I'm sure he had like the DC company card. Put it all on the card. And they're all standing there, like watching you all, all like walking across from there, just laughing. <laughs> they can never find us. <laughs> Look at them, Tom. They look like ants from up here. They are they are ants, Scott. They are ants. Dance, nerds, and give us your money. <laughs> you want to know what happens in metal? Well, I won't tell you. You got to read it. Yeah, they're yelling it down to you because it's so far up, you can't hear them. <laughs> they're just cursing everybody and they can't hear it. <laughs> man, 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 what's that prickling feeling in the back of it? I feel like a comic writer is cursing me out. Did you hear that? Oh, it's just the wind. Just the wind. <laughs> Fuck you, fanboy. <laughs> you know i i bet like comic creators at dinner are probably pretty boring i bet they're like podcasters i bet the last thing they want to talk about is work in comics yeah yeah probably they're probably like hey you know so i got uh i got gluten-free recently oh yeah it was working really well for me oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what i really liked is uh that food channel you know that uh that anthony bourdain it's great binge watching i tell you yeah, they're just really bored people. <laughs> really of, boring people. <laughs> that would be amazing. They write these super extraordinary stories, but they're super boring in real life. <laughs> hey, you want to see some pictures of my kids on the FaceTime? I sure do. <laughs> they're going on about all the renovations they're doing in their house. I've got to reroute the bathroom. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, i got to put up the storm siding. You know, winter's coming. <laughs> they just talk about news and politics like man you know irma's really fucking up the keys right now yeah that's that's terrible yeah my six houses down there <laughs> those poor people jim lee's like yeah you know the house where i keep all my wildcats merchandise <laughs> and i'll never forget the day i bought the wildcats house <laughs> <laughs> that deserves to be in Florida. <laughs> that does. Damn, Jimmy. Damn, Jimmy, you've been in this industry a long time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> Damn, Jim, you've drawn a lot. Why why does your wrist sound like a cement mixer? <laughs> That's okay. I'm president of the company. I can get, you know, this carpal tunnel fixed. Yeah, he's got like he's got like he's got like action figure hands. You can just pop one off and pop a new one on. And then like the one he pops on has got like the pencil in the hands. Like this is the this is my drawing hand. <laughs> they they compare battle scars. Jim Lee's like, oh yeah, you see that one right there? I got that from X Men back in '93. <laughs> yeah, friggin' uh, friggin' Scott Lobdell stabbed me with a pencil. It was a whole thing. Yeah, this one is from when when I spilled cocaine on myself when we were writing All Star Batman. <laughs> Frank Miller said we needed to rewrite it, so I went to his he place. He tried to claw it off my face. <laughs> it was terrible. We never did finish that book, by the way. <laughs> hey, Jim, how would that story finish if you had a chance? I don't know. Let's let's crank call Frank and ask him. <laughs> That's what they do. They just sit around crank calling other creators who are in their phone. Hey, what time is it in England? Let's call Grant Morrison and see what he has to say. <laughs> hey, hey, Grant, it's me, Jim. Do you want to write another multiversity? <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll send you the paperwork in the morning. Yeah, Greg is going to draw it. 
<laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's going to be great. I'm feeling a great energy from you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Uh, he's going to feel so stupid when we don't send him the paperwork in the morning. <laughs> hey, let's text Dan to Dio and tell him conversions was shit. Because, <laughs> of course, they would have his names in there. Make sure private numbers on. Uh, uh, God. It's like, no, 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 shh, 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 shh. Oh, no, his wife answered. Well, what do we do? What do we do? Um, is, is Dan home? This is Did you know? Can we talk to him? <laughs> it's really important. Have you boys been drinking a little bit? <laughs> this, this has to be a show now. Like, forget this, like, dinner for three, like, you know, Masterpiece Theater. We need drunk comic creators, the show, just prank calling other comic creators. No, that needs to be a show. That needs to be a show. Just like pissy comic creators, like, hey, I created this great character, then you retcon them out of existence, you dick. <laughs> I Why do you hate the blue Nightwing, Dan? Yeah, exactly. That's Why do you hate the blue? <laughs> What's wrong with Stephanie Brown? Why do you not want to put her in things? <laughs> I just don't like redundancy. We've been over this. You called me at home for this, guys? Yes. <laughs> uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, the comics that came out. This like, that was a great diversion. Jesus Christ, that's probably one of our longest ones. Not not to pat ourselves on the back for great diversions, but that might be my favorite diversion we've done in sixty episodes. <laughs> that's one for the best of real. Crazy Uncle Frank Miller is apparently penned a deal to write no less than five. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, five books. Uh, one of them was, of course, a Superman Year One that we talked about. But apparently, uh, one of the other books in this five deal that he inked is also a young adult original graphic novel starring Carrie Kelly. Oh, because everyone wants that. When I think of crazy old Frank Miller, I, of course, think young adult. <laughs> I think this is a man who really speaks he's, the language he's of millennials. <laughs> Man, he is hip. He's with the kids. He's he's he, he's freaking that great meme of "Hello, fellow children" from Not Another Team Movie. He literally is. He's that guy, only way scarier. Yeah, this is so strange for them to do this, especially after the reaction uh, Dark Knight Three got, and like his his more recent work has gotten. They, they they already paid him the money, Matt. They can't stop him now. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for this project to come out over the next three years. Uh, you're being too kind, more like 30 years. <laughs> or, or maybe like All-Star Batman and Robin, maybe it'll just never come out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow, what a, what a terrible idea someone said. Okay, so young adult original graphic novel starring Carrie Kelly, written by Frank Miller. Yeah, look, I, I, I know he invented Carrie Kelly. I'm sure he has a certain affinity for the character. But, you know, maybe, maybe let someone else have a crack at that, you know, just maybe. Yeah, she, she's going to be like a prostitute or something. I know it. I mean, as we've shown. Well, it's, you would say that, but, like, Carrie Kelly seems to be, like, the last female character that Miller kind of cares about in a weird way. Like, maybe she's based on someone he knew. Maybe she, like, has something in her that he likes for whatever reason. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't want to read that. Ain't no one got time for that. Yeah, the, the, the good thing, though, the, the silver lining in this, these are all 
basically that black label, so they're not in continuity, yeah. so <laughs> don't have to worry Very. about them. <laughs> Remember Carrie Kelly was in continuity for, like, a minute? Yeah. And the fans just booed it down super hard? Yeah, no one gave a shit. <laughs> no, no one gave a shit until they gave too much of a shit and booed it down. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Uncle Frank Miller... He did an interview this week with a big media outlet, and the headline was, uh, I wasn't thinking clearly when I made those choices, <laughs> which I love that headline so much because it's so wonderfully vague. It covers everything like, in his career. <laughs> it's like, what weren't you thinking clearly about, Frank, over the last 20 years saying this shit? Maybe that's that That was like how DC got in there, like, like lured him into the office, like, hey, we got some, we want you to write some stuff. And that like lured him into like a darkened office and just like locked him in there with like all these other writers and an intervention. It really does sound like they gave him an intervention. It sounded like, look, we all want to keep making money off you, but we can't because you're liable to say any horrible thing. (laughs) But what's beautiful about this article too, he doesn't apologize for anything he's done or said over the years. He just says, I wasn't thinking clearly and I don't want to undo my work I did at the time. That's 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 amazing, Frank. I can see why you're a writer. You never have to take responsibility for anything. You can be forever blameless. I'm gonna start doing that now. When I don't take out the garbage or when I run over my neighbor's cat, ah, wasn't thinking clearly at the time. Can't hold it against me. Let's let's all start doing that. I wasn't thinking clearly at the time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it's like, well, what what was causing you to not think clearly at the time? I was mad about stuff. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. That, that clears oh, everything. Oh. I'm sorry. I, I guess you can just get away with anything when you're like, yeah, oh, I was mad at the time. It was, it was a crazy era. You know, 2008. It's a hell of a drug. <laughs> a funny, funny article for me. Frank, Frank Miller, I love you. I hate you. I love to hate you. You are just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Never change, crazy Uncle Frank. <laughs> Never change. What's even better is this is like an article where he's like trying to promote his new comic as well. Yep. yep. So it's also solely self-serving to sell his new piece of material. Although the, the one bit did make me laugh and this is why he is a writer and this is why he's still actually pretty funny and can make me laugh. The, the person who was doing the interview here was brave enough to breach the subject about Trump and ask him about that. It's like, hey, crazy Uncle Frank, how do you feel about Trump? You want to say something crazy? To which Frank actually got really quiet and said, you know what? Uh, real men accept they're going bald. And I'm like, you know what? All right. <laughs> I like that. Real men accept they're going bald. Like Lex like, like, like Luthor. Again, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. If they wanted to get more readers, what they should really do is they should give away like free comic book day issues with your ticket. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And then on the back of it, be like, oh, here's directions to your closest comic book store if you want to keep reading. <laughs> like, really spell it out for them. You like are a, here. Like a map. Stores. <laughs> yeah, a map. Or better yet, because, you know, comic book stores are having such a rough time and everything. And because movie theaters are having a rough time, too. Combine those things together, maybe, because all the biggest movies are either comic book movies or based on comic books. Have, like, a comic book shop inside the concession stands. <laughs> Dude, have a pop-up. Have your local comic book guy come and open up the back of his trunk and be like, hey, you like that movie? You want some of this? I got that good shit. Or no, a a man in a trench coat who opens up his trench coat and it's filled with comics. (laughs) 
Yo, man, what you want? What you need? Yo, you read, you like that Thanos, man? Yo, he's the Thanos imperative, man. There's some badass shit. The Guardians are in it. Gets to see what's up with Nova. Oh, you like that Black Panther? Oh, man, I got this shit right here for you, man. He's that Christopher Priest stuff, uncut. <laughs> You'll like Ever K. Ross. He showed up in this shit first. <laughs> <laughs> I am willing to be that man. I am willing to be that trench coat comic book man trying to get people on the side. Then be like, okay, how much are those? Upwards of twenty dollars for collections, and you know, like damn near five dollars for single issues. Oh, that's too much, Matt. I, I, do, do you feel it? Do you feel that change in the force, like, like the, the winds of pen- changing, <laughs> the winds of the great pendulum of comic book nerd culture? It had swung in DC's favor for so long, so hard, and now ever so slightly, it's like, oh shit, it's coming back, it's coming, it's swinging the, oh my god, we're swinging the other way. Oh my god, Marvel is doing amazing. <laughs> Again, this this time next month. We'll reconvene as we do, and we'll talk about it. But yeah, as you said, Matt, this is just one of, I hate to admit, a number of kind of boneheaded decisions that DC has made. Yeah, yeah. To to put it into perspective, it's like, oh, that's a very Marvel-sounding decision is what that is. And didn't, didn't Marvel do the same thing? I vaguely remember we talked about this, and people yelled and shouted at Marvel to where they brought back digital codes and digital discounts. I think so, yeah. I th- yeah, I remember for a while there they didn't have the codes, and then I think around maybe Marvel Now, maybe just before that, they, mm. like, brought them all back. Because, yeah, I remember getting some issues, and they had, like, the, the big thing on the bottom, there's a digital code yeah. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Which it's a good idea because especially in this day and age of like, do, do, do we actually own our content? Do we actually own our media or do we just lease it? I like the idea of like, cool, I bought the physical edition. I can carry it around with me if I want to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and yeah, with the digital, you can just like upload it onto a tablet. And if you're going on a trip, you can just access it right there without having to take, you know, a comic long box with you. Absolutely, because you and I buy dozens of comics a week, and it's like, well, I need to ride the train, or I need to catch a plane or something. I'm not going to fumble around with 20 fucking floppies. Yeah, yeah. Is absolutely the thing. And again, this is another one of those issues where I think Marvel got raked over the coals too by stores, where it's like, well, if people people just can Mm -hmm. buy it at home, then they will, is the thing. And once again, this further feeds into my theory that I've been kicking around forever, and it's dark, and it's unfortunate, and it's sad, but we will see the death of comic stores in our lifetime, and I think both companies are making strides to try and move away from the comic store uh, paradigm. Yeah, before that happens. Before it happens, absolutely. Especially if some major mergers and deals go through, we might be seeing way more digital and we might be seeing one or both of the companies throwing in more behind Amazon than ever before because Amazon's yeah. just so good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's convenient. That's the thing. That's it all that, you know what it's about for people. It is. It's convenient and especially when it's such a niche thing as comic books. And yes, I will mourn the death of the comic store community but at the same time too when my local comic store is clogged up with crackheads (laughs) maybe I'm fine not going there anymore and look I I don't blame Grey Guardian Games in Peterborough, Ontario they can't help who comes in in fact with the state of comic book stores as it is they need all the potential business they can get even if it's the crackhead contingent Hey man, I'll sell you some rocks for that new Thanos miniseries. <laughs> no, sir, 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 we only accept money here. Now, sir, my rocks are as good as your money. I have to do. 
made with the finest baking soda money can buy. Oh, God. <laughs> now, let me get some of them 20-sided dice. I want to crush them up and shoot them into my veins. <laughs> Critical. Oh, God. No. And I mean, as for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, I went through the entire New 52 DCU era without picking up or reading a single Superman book, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was only when they threatened to bring back the other Superman and kill the new 52 one that I started. Is yeah. this is this what we want going into this? Look, let us also opine for a second that, again, this bleeding cool rumor about the crisis that is incoming. Apparently, one of the things that is rumored that the crisis might do is undo Batman and Catwoman's upcoming marriage and also undo Superman's marriage to bring them back to the way most people remember them as, you know, Rockin's, uh, you know, uh, swinging single guys. Uh, get rid of the Selena Bruce one. Didn't give a shit about that. Doesn't make much sense anyway. But not Same. Lois and Clark. They've been married since the 90s. <laughs> yes, don't, don't break it up because you want to return to some status quo that you're in love with that wasn't as good as you think it was. Yeah. Superman got good post-DCU because you let him be married. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made it a must-read. Don't, don't get rid of it because you're like, oh, well, our competition is making everything like it looked like 20 years ago, so we need to do it too now. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That seems Seem like it. Seems wrong-headed, does it not? Yeah, yeah. Again, if true... But, man, between price raises and, you know, jettisoning whole imprints, uh, what, what does this mean about the new age of heroes? As I've said before, all those books are fine, but I doubt they can support an entire imprint. No, 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 they, they can't. They can't support it. Definitely not. No, I – like, here's the thing. Like, you know, Young Animal – again, it was like Vertigo Jr. It was like – you know, it was kind of weird and out there. And, you know, there were kind of more metaphysical ideas for books. I can see why it got the axe when it did. It was all kind of cult books. Plus, apparently, they're bringing back Vertigo anyway. So yeah. that's something that I might want to do for the future. New Age of Heroes, same deal, where it's like, are, are people buying these enough? Like, they're fine. And because they're superhero-themed, I could see them lasting longer. But when push comes to shove and fans only have so much money to go around, and if books are getting more expensive anyway, hmm, I could read the new Damage or I could continue to be reading Justice Lang. Hmm. Well, buy yeah. Damage. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the. I think some of the books will survive. I think the Terrifics will survive because it's an interesting team uh, and it's a team of characters people have wanted back for a while. They're, uh, they're also not all original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see maybe, maybe the Immortal Men surviving for a little bit mainly because the Batman Who Laughs is in it. Oh, is he really? Oh, he was in it for like a panel in the first ah. issue. Uh, he's, I don't know whether he's going to be in it for the rest of the issues, but um, I could see that maybe surviving the first arc. Also, maybe Challengers, because that's going to be written by Scott Snyder and they want to keep him sweet. Yeah, yeah. They ain't going to cancel his book right out. But yeah, again, mark my words. What, what, what's the date today? It's Sunday, uh, what is it, the 13th, <laughs> uh, everything of 2018. Let, let's set our watches to this. Let's reconvene when New Age of Heroes is inevitably canceled. And again, I know people like New Age of Heroes. New Age of Heroes is fine, but it's superfluous is what it is in yeah. the greater scheme of things. D Diamond Distributor yeah. made sense back in the day of like actual publishing houses and everything. Yeah. 
they they make no sense in 2018. They are a rickety old machine that is keeping the industry, at least in the sales part of the industry, from advancing. They're holding comics and comic stores in a stranglehold. <clears throat> I've never really liked the idea of Diamond, and they're even weirder, too, in the way that they report, like, what sells and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, this book's a failure, didn't sell anything, but it's selling a bunch on Amazon. It's on their front page. It's getting all these big, you know, like, Amazon and digital awards. Does it count because you didn't buy it in a store? Like, yeah. Shouldn't you count it anyway, though? Because any 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 comics that sell is good for the industry, right, and good for people who see it, and, you know, maybe they'll want to come back and read more, and you'll make a fan. No, they didn't buy it in a store, which means they didn't buy it through us, so fuck them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my thing. More, I, I never thought I would say this. More power to GameStop. You're the lesser of two evils in this one. <laughs> well, you never know. It could be so successful that they're like, we're going to make GameStop, like, distributions. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's and then we do comics. it all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's just a new cycle. <laughs> but look, tell you what, if you trade in your old back issues, <laughs> we will give you pennies and kick you in the balls. How does that sound? Yes. Do you have an Action Comics issue one? We'll give you $2 for it. Who <laughs> hold up? Now look, do you have your edge card, Matt? Do you have your edge <laughs> comic card so that when you're buying comics you get, I don't know, rewards or something? We don't know. Just buy the card. Just buy the goddamn card and we'll ask you every time <laughs> now for 50 cents matt we can put protection on the comic so if it gets scratched or if you spill soda or gravy on it it's fine <laughs> soda or gravy just those two or things <laughs> only those two things we've broken it down mathematically to what are the things that comic fans are handling the most and it's always soda or gravy we've discovered <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, you spilled gazpacho on it? Not covered. <laughs> Not covered by our protection plan, sorry. We, uh, we can't do it. Too bad. I know, it's been crazy. Uh, again, for people who don't know why there was no show last week, why it was all postponed, uh, Matt got food poisoning, and I got a second-degree scold on my leg. I know I was calling it a burn everywhere else, but in reality, it was closer to a scold. I burnt myself with hot water, and I've been recovering from that. Yeah, you say hot water, but there was that story that came out about some kid who burnt his leg with, like, KFC gravy. <laughs> and <laughs> that, that was right. you, wasn't it? <laughs> that story did come out and Matt just again Matt the freaking joke ninja man the joke <laughs> quick drawer doesn't matter what it is he'll find it I wish I wish that I burnt myself with piping hot gravy that would be a much better story <laughs> than I did and that is I burnt myself on my boiling hot cup of morning tea because the friggin' handle broke because my love for hot tea is only rivaled by my love of cheap mugs so it was just break ah yeah we, but people will never know the work we put in for them to give them this YouTube entertainment. And this is like the first and maybe only time both Matt and I couldn't make a show. We've always tried to like either have a commentary or have a backup something. This was the first week in over 100 episodes where Matt and I are just like, no, we can't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very um, unfortunate. But yeah, we're, we're back now. And hopefully yeah. no more food poisoning or gravy burns. Yeah, our gravy burns. The fact that it happened to both of us in the same week. Yeah. Where it's like, if, if it happened to one of us, that's terrible. Both is a little weird. That makes me think like, hey, is Tom King working his CIA 
magic to try and get back to us. Like, oh, I'll tamper his teacup and then I'll tamper yes. Matt's food. Someone put the goddamn plutonium in my tea. It was trying to kill yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. We got like that Russian anthrax or yeah. whatever it is that's <laughs> going around. He got it from his CIA buddies. That'll show them <laughs> for saying my Batman work is pretentious. <laughs> that'll show them. That'll show them all. Next up, Matt, we have to talk about a very important issue, something that a lot of comic fans have been talking about. It's it's come down to this, Matt. We got to talk about Batman's junk. Yeah, Batman's dick that yeah. everyone like threw a shit fit over. Yeah, no, no more nude Batman for DC Black Label. Apparently, Here, here's, here's the funny thing. This was a big controversy this week that apparently the digital version of uh, the new Batman Damned, the first issue of the brand new uh, DC Black Label, uh, censored his junk. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. I only read the digital version, so I just thought that's the way it was supposed to be. It wasn't until I read So everybody. did I. It wasn't until yeah. I read everybody freaking out online where it's like, where's the dick? We demand bat dick. That I'm like, oh, oh, was, was there something there that I missed? Eventually, I did see the bat dick after the fact, and I'm like, yeah, this didn't really add or subtract to the story for when, me. Well, when I saw it, I thought it might have been a fan edit. Like, haha, someone's being a bit cheeky. Yeah, and, and, then, and then I'm like, oh, no, this was actually a real thing. Well, Okay. I mean, I would just go on with my life. <laughs> I mean, I guess I see why people are a little perturbed about it. And that is, hey, I thought Black Label was supposed to be the adult imprint. I thought it was supposed to be the envelope pushing imprint. You know, why can't we yeah. have Bat Dick in? And I, they never really gave a good reason as to why they're not going to mm. have it now. No, no, they never really did. But either or, it doesn't really – it doesn't add or subtract anything to no. the story. So No, literally, yeah. literally Batman was stripping on his way to change his costume and he was just like dangle, dangle, dangle. <laughs> that was about it. Although, I mean, I guess it's important for you continuity junkies because being so close to Batman, we can probably guess his religion now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why, but again, I just I just thought it was such a funny thing for people to be so up in arms about. Like the the bat dick was all over the internet. We need to know more about bat dick, and everyone was weighing in on bat dick too. Like it, uh, like the like all those night shows and everything that I don't watch because I don't have cable. We're all talking about it. it. Became like the fodder of late night comedians. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it's very strange. Like people got so up in arms about this, but like, you know, Doctor Manhattan can can hang hang dong, and it'd be completely fine. Yeah, the minute Bat Batman does, oh, can't have that. Okay, can't have the bat dick. And again, it really, I'm sure it's the last thing DC wanted because that's some major egg on their face for their new boundary pushing adult imprint. Oh, actually, we'll we'll kowtow right away. Actually. Yeah, is it like first thing off off the bat, first book, first book off, <laughs> first one out of the gate, and you're already compromising. I'm like, well, that doesn't bode well for any of the other books. Again, God, God help you if an uh, artist or writer actually wanted to say or do something important and controversial if you can't stand behind Bat Dick. Uh, this, it's like another. It's it's really strange as well because like, wasn't there like some brief nudity in um, White Knight? I think he wanted there to be some brief nudity, but they ended up because it wasn't under the black label yet. They ended up uh, like covering it, but yes, there was supposed to be some brief nudity. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see if now that it's under the black label whether they add that back in or whether they just like, oh no, we'll just leave it. Well, here's the thing: it's female nudity, and obviously, as we know uh, from history and culture, female nudity is a okay because everyone loves a naked woman. But as soon as penises come out, man, <laughs> now we have a problem. <laughs> no, no one likes penises. Apparently, just nobody likes penises. <laughs> It's a major sticking point for a lot of people. I draw the line at dicks, young man. <laughs> I mean, again, American Vandal, season one. A lot of people very touchy about dicks. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, I think we mentioned dick so much, I think that uh, YouTube could probably demonetize this episode. Yeah. I can see our little uh, our little dollar sign turning yellow right now. That, that's why I was kind of glad the digital version didn't have the bat dick in it because I was like, oh, I'll Same. probably get this demonetized, but I didn't. Same, too, for all the reasons because it's like, oh, he's really beaten up and bloody a lot in this one. And sometimes YouTube will catch that and have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what, shit, because we're on the subject now and we'd only talk about it and what we read. And what did you actually think of Damned overall? I really liked it. I thought it was fine. Again, you know, I was expecting more from Black Label, like more pushing the envelope in terms of content and storytelling. Really, it just felt like any other Brian Azzarello Batman story. Also, too, you know, they spend a lot of time trying to explain the paranormaliness of issue one. I'm thinking maybe the next couple issues I might enjoy more, but I just thought this one was fine. I, th- I thought it was a good side. Like, like there's kind of different things they're doing uh, in terms of Batman's origin, where they're like sort of hinting at the fact that it's something Enchantress related or yeah, something. Like in, he made a deal with Enchantress or something. Also, his dad loves the prostitutes. Yeah, that was another thing. Yeah, his dad, his dad likes going to look at prostitutes with Bruce along with him. Yeah, it makes me think that Azarella was working with Frank Miller for a little too long there. This is where the prostitutes come in. <laughs> <laughs> all the prostitutes, all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I'm intrigued at the fact that, like, Batman's teaming up with John Constantine to yeah. solve the Joker's murder. I think that's pretty cool. That is well, cool. And, that, and they seek to imply as well that Joker, while he's dead, he's still, he's like an evil spirit or something. He's or, ghost, ghost. And it kind of reminds me of a movie that I think I had Denzel Washington in it, where he was like a cop who was hunting, like, a serial killer who had become a ghost, but, like, stuck around and could kill people still. Ghost or something. killer. I can't, that was the one. I can't remember what the movie was called, but it was a really good. I think the killer was like Vincent D'Onofrio or something. Oh, shit. I think, yeah, yeah, it was a really good film. That sounds like a fun one. But yeah, so Batman Dam, Matt enjoyed it a little more than me. I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, it's a beautiful looking comic. Libra Michaud draws the fuck out of everything. Yeah, yeah, total atmosphere in that book is like is like captures that atmosphere, that horror sort of atmosphere. It's funny. A lot of people ask me, they're like, "Is this a is this a sequel to Batman Noel? Is this related to Batman?" People kept Noel? asking me that as well. I'm like, no, just the same artist. Yeah, just the same artist. I mean, maybe in his head it was. Yes, the armor's the same. Yes, the art style's the same. But no, I don't think it's a direct sequel. Black Label's kind of its own thing. What did other people ask me? Like, oh, is this is this a sequel to Europa? Is this a sequel to uh, another or to Brian Azzarello's Joker and I'm like nah it just kind of looks the same yeah it kind of sounds the same because it's the same writer I mean maybe maybe in their head it's a sequel but no not officially mm. I'm gonna friggin shit though if it actually is a sequel <laughs> we find out at the end <laughs> <laughs> Jokes well, it's only three books so yeah we find out very soon 
I will say this too, even the digital versions I got, and this is a total first world problem, YouTuber problems, but the fact that they're like bigger prestige versions, yeah. <laughs> actually trying to co uh, crop the pages to make my video was a pain in the ass because I have the presets yeah. all ready to go for regular uh -huh. comic sizing, but here it was all wrong, so it took me twice as long to edit that video. Yeah, I ha I said that on Twitter as well. I had the exact same. I didn't. I, I completely forgot because I remember us talking about there would have been bigger size. But I thought, oh, digital. They might have like you know not done that for the digital. But no, they did, and it was super annoying. This is this is literally only a problem that relates to you, me, Matt, and everyone else we work with. Everyone else, is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Trust me, if, if you were comic book YouTubers, you would know, and this would piss you off too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God there's only three, because God damn it, I ain't doing twice as much work for these. <laughs> yeah, no, but then all the, the Black Label books will be like that. They're all going to be bigger now and everything. But yeah, so that that was Batman's dick news, everyone. Be sure to tune back in next week when we talk more about Batman's dick, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you know what I really wish? I've been trying really hard to get us new sponsorships for the show, Matt, that we can actually talk about. Yeah. On here and everything. And there's a company that wrote me. They never wrote me back, but we got the ball rolling. I shit you not, it was for a manscaping company is what it was. <laughs> and I really, really wish they wrote me back in time for this episode because there never would have been a better segue from Batman's <laughs> dick to manscaping company. And I'm really mad <laughs> I didn't get to go there. Oh, that sucks. Uh, I was also talking to a bookie company, too, so we were this close to being like, Matt, who's going to win the sports ball game? Matt, who would win in this fight? Who would you put money on? <laughs> I'm saying get ready, Matt, because I'm thinking this should be a new segment for the show when I eventually do line up some sponsors, me just ambushing you with sponsors. <laughs> like me just asking stupidly leading questions and being like, well, I'm glad you said that, Matt, because the newest sponsor of the show is... <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though if you know anyone who wants to advertise on the comic multiverse like yo get in touch we have reasonable yeah. rates <laughs> gotta gotta make this show more profitable somehow <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but yeah what a what a freaking shit show and speaking of shit shows we're not even done yet this this week was filled with embarrassing news unfortunately for everybody yeah but uh, Batman Damned, number one, the now infamous dick issue, will not be reprinted, and issues two and three are now being delayed. Oh, God. All for, for Batwang. All for Bat-Dong, which, again, makes me wonder. I'm like, th they never came out and said it, but I'm like, are you are, are you delaying those issues because you need to go back and you need to alter the dongs? You need to dark yeah, out the dongs? Yeah, there's probably more dongs. <laughs> The answer is yes, and they're like, oh, God, you, you you thought issue one had a lot of dongs. Issue two and three, it's just wall-to-wall -wall dongs. Yeah. Also, I found out, um, thanks to Sean Gordon Murphy talking about uh, Batman White Knight and its release, apparently Black Label, like, it's not going to have, like, you know how we thought it was going to be, mm. like, like mature and, like, so yeah. stuff like this should have been an alien? Apparently not. Apparently, like, the, like the first edition of um, his uh, Black Label... Well, White Knight is PG-13 and has been censored really? and everything, yeah. <laughs> really? That's yeah. odd, because again, we, we theorized last week because they were reprinting yeah. White Knight in there. I'm like, oh, well, I bet they're going to have Harley with her boobs out because there's a scene where she was very clearly yeah. be topless, and then that'll be the crazy double standard of penises are bad, boobies are fine. Yeah, yeah, but apparently, yeah, they've, they've like, censored it. 
for whatever I reason. Guess, <laughs> I guess they're towing the line. I guess Black Label isn't nearly as mature as you thought it was, everybody. Yeah. What an embarrassment for your first at bat. Yeah, we're going to be pushing boundaries. Now we're going to be having you, which again, that's not to say you can't have serious subject matter while also not showing nudity, but even still, it really, it really is an embarrassing thing to happen in your first one out of the gate. We're talking, oh, we're going to go back and censor ourselves now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so strange. It just, it just doesn't look right. It's like, oh, so I guess you're not as boundary pushing as you said you are. Yeah, and yeah. That, and that, and that there was zero fighting from anyone to like, I, I really did expect Azarello because he's a cantankerous crank. I really did expect him to pipe up and be like, I will throw myself on the sword for Batman's dick, Batman's well, dick or death. <laughs> how did it get all this way before someone like decided to do like, was this, is this just like, was this just like a, like a, a, a marketing thing to like drum up hype for the, you didn't really drum up hype. You kind of like soured it, but um, anti-hype. Yeah, but it's just so strange that it, it went through, like, obviously, like, artists, writers, editors, printers, colorists, all that sort of stuff. And then someone noticed, like, once the book was out, hey, there's this bat dong. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is weird. It's like, was one hand not watching what the other one was doing? On the yeah, book? it's so strange. Uh-huh. I'm disappointed. And again, I think I mentioned this last week that I got the digital version and not the print version which is now selling on ebay for like 45 bucks i i that came out the weekend i went to comic-con so i'm like oh great comic-con i'll be able to fucking get one right there because they usually have like the stores with all the new comics out that week not a single store had one and they and like i asked around they're like nah nah we didn't bring any we didn't think anyone would want to buy it or anything (laughs) and i'm like oh fuck off i would have bought them all (laughs) they became a hot commodity overnight i really wish i bought some yeah got God damn it, Joel, Joel needs to upgrade his cell phone. He needs a new one. He's going to pay for it with bat dogs. So <laughs> what I'm going to do. But, yeah, what a, what a shame. What a shame all about that. Sorry, Black Label. And, and, again, as I mentioned too last week, I just thought Batman Damned was okay as a story yeah, goes. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. But yeah, it, yeah. yeah, but it, this whole thing is so strange. Very But yeah, they have a fight in the old abandoned warehouse and there was like a bunch of dudes who, you know, clearly answered the casting call of like, we need beefy extras. And they looked like poor out of work porn stars who just brought what they wore that day. (laughs) And then Wonder Woman comes in wearing like a Halloween costume, Wonder Woman costume, and it's like, okay, fight. (laughs) And for a second, I'm like, oh man, did I I put it in the Axel Braun version by accident? (laughs) No, that that one's actually probably a bit more... um... Comic accurate, Axel no, Braun. You know, it's really funny. Like I've seen pictures and shit of those, like the Avengers oh, yeah. one, and, and I'm amazed at like the costuming in that. It's like comic accurate, down to oh, like, yeah. like Hawkeye has his mask and everything, and mm-hmm. which I cannot believe that's something you would say. The porn parody version had a better costume. <laughs> that's the true DC Cinematic Universe, the <laughs> Brawniverse. <laughs> that's the man who they should get to. Uh, what is it to direct the next DC Cinematic movie? Get out. Well, he, he knows how to do, you know, proper mature stuff. N- nothing more mature than venereal diseases, I tell you <laughs> what. That'll grow you up right quick. <laughs> Man, just be like, okay, look, Axel, we really like your style. We want you in here to take the next movie. And then he's like, okay, so this is where we put the sex, right? It's like, no, 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 no. We, we, we want families to come see this. Do, do all the talking bits, but none of the sex stuff. And he's like, oh. 
Oh, I don't I don't know if I can do that though. <laughs> yeah, axelbraun.exe has stopped working. Look, tell you what, shoot it like you normally would. We'll just take all the sex stuff out <laughs> later. <laughs> he sees it and he sees it and then he puts like out like a Josh Trank tweet, like, man, I had a great movie three years ago. <laughs> then they took it away from me and edited it all out. All the stuff I was into. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, the irony is I have, of course, researched this movie because that's what I do because, you know, I care about this show and my viewers and I want them to be educated. Well, that, well that's the thing. Like, mo- most of those uh, parodies actually have better costumes than the movies. His Quicksilver is actually comic accurate. Yeah, like all his movies, like I've seen pictures posted on Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of places. Where, like his Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. his Superman looks great, his Batman looks great. Yep, it's true. It's it's weird that the porn guy gets it better. What's up with that? I used to think he's an actual comic fan as well because I remember reading something about him actually liking the comics and actually looking at the comics when he was making costumes for it. Uh, apparently they did like a Suicide Squad parody too, like just recently. Oh, really? Is it like really trashy? And The irony is is that they didn't change the costumes that much is the funny thing. But he subbed out... Uh, Killer Croc and put in Killer or uh, what is it? Yeah, Killer Croc and put in Killer Frost in her place because well, we need more women in this movie or else it's going to be and really it'd, weird. It'd be kind of weird seeing some big scabby dude getting yeah. someone. <laughs> Th- that being said, Killer Frost costume in the movie I'm looking at it right now is like 100 percent the costume from Assault on Arkham. Oh, so it's like that frilly thing. She's even got a glowing chest piece. Oh wow. His Joker also looks better, too, because it's got a different shade of green. I don't know if Waller's in the movie, though. (laughs) Who who would you cast for Waller? That would be interesting. Be like, ooh, ooh, we get to to cast differently on this one. Oh, no, wait, it does look like Waller's in the movie, but they use skinny skinny Waller. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Look, I know you may have owed some... You you made... Joe disappointed. Yeah, come on, man. You could have done something different here. Like, look, I have the name of several actresses who could fill this role. Next time, call me and I'll tell you. <laughs> look, I know you have my information, Axel. I keep sending you letters. <laughs> and your security keeps throwing me out. I just want to take part, man. I, just, I have ideas. I just have ideas. <laughs> I'm on his YouTube page right now as we talk. He has quite a few followers on YouTube, actually. He has a YouTube page? Yes, where he uploads the trailers for his movies. Oh, I suppose the trailers are kind of like PG-rated. So. Yes, they're, they're completely clean trailers, but it's also kind of like him showing off and being like, but look how good my costumes look, though, eh? Huh? Huh? Yeah, it, it's really weird how... And he's a, he does it on, like... One fifth of oh, the budget. God. Shoestring budgets. Our our podcast probably has more money put into it. <laughs> hey, you know what? If we're getting Felipe Smith as a guest, let's put Axel Braun down as a guest too for later. <laughs> Shit, maybe he's a fan. If he's as big a fan of comics as we think he is, maybe he likes this too. <laughs> Look, Axel, if you're listening, have your people call my people. And by my people, I mean me. Have them call me. <laughs> And I'll talk to them about getting on here. Well, apparently word reached back to Axel Braun and he liked a bunch of tweets that he was mentioned in with our podcast. Maybe we can get Axel Braun in the future. It'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, actually. I have many of questions that I want to ask him. And because this actually became a reality, I went out of my way to go see his Suicide Squad Triple X movie, too. 
<laughs> and man, the costumes were great in that. <laughs> and the casting was also pretty great too. Yeah, the costumes are great. They're only on for a second, but they're all great. <laughs> but when they're on, man, they're on, I tell you. <laughs> so you put a lot of time and effort in your costumes, making them really good and making them really comic accurate. And then your actors take them off. <laughs> you ever you ever think about that? I wanna I wanna know what he does with them after that. Like whether he keeps them in storage or like puts them on the mannequins that and everything. Cool. Uh. Man, he could open up a museum. Yeah. <laughs> charge two bits of gander to come look at the costumes because <laughs> uh, it was a suicide squad movie they had a joker in it too the guy he got to play joker in the movie is actually way better in the few talking scenes he has than jared leto was really like he's doing a more comic accurate joker or at least the joker from the trailers not the joker we actually got in the movie the actor who played him he was actually so good i had to look him up his name was tommy pistol because, you know, because porn star, that's going to be his name. But shockingly, Tommy Pistol doesn't just do porn movies. Apparently, he also does, like, independent cinema and, like, horror movies, too. So he's, like, an actual acting porn star. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. the, the big crescendo of the piece was, of course, a three-way between Batman, Harley Quinn, and the Joker. <laughs> to where I'm like, you know what? If they did this in the comics, I bet this would help them work through a bunch of their issues. That really <laughs> they wouldn't be fighting anymore. <laughs> no, that's the Batman finale that we really deserve. That's how his career is going to end. Not in a fight with Superman like in Dark Knight Returns. That's how Batman's career is really going to end in a weird, sloppy three-way. <laughs> well, you know... If Scott Snyder implied what he implied when he wrote the Joker in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And somewhere Dick Grayson's like, uh, this is kind of weird, Batman. He's like, get out of here, Dick. You, me, and Catwoman have a session later. That'll help <laughs> nah, us. He'd, he'd want one with Babs. Oh, that'll help us work through our issues. <laughs> Come back next time for that one. <laughs> and somewhere Axel Braun's like, ooh, that's a good idea when I do my version of Killing Joke. I'm going to be sure to write that. <laughs> And I'll get the finest actors. I'll get Tommy Pistol back again. <laughs> so thank you, Axel, for uh, liking our show. And maybe this will get back to you, too. Maybe we can make this happen, Matt. Maybe we can make this a thing. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter and fan interaction, I guess I can talk about this here and now, then. Uh, Matt and I had been joking before about getting Axel Braun on because we like his costume so much to talk up stuff. Well, I went to his website got his email, wrote him, and yes, yes, he wants to be on the show, actually. That's so awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. He, he, here's the thing. I wrote him. He couldn't do it because he's going away for the next two weeks, no doubt, working on movies and everything that he's got to do. I don't know if you've checked the man's IMDb page. He makes a lot of goddamn movies. <laughs> yeah, he's, in those two weeks, he's going to make, like, ten movies or something. <laughs> the man is a machine when it comes to this, and, like, he writes and he does, like, the graphic design for the DVD boxes I found out. Oh, nice. The man, the man is like a one-man porn empire unto himself. So he's going to be busy for the next two weeks. I'm going to New York Comic Con. I'm hoping I can grab him. That's awesome. Is what I'm going to do. So, yeah, don't be shocked if in the next little bit you get an interview piece with him. Apparently no other comic book show has ever thought to interview him. I went looking online. And I'm like, well, has he done any other podcast? Has he done any other comic book show? No. Yeah, no, I'm actually looking at that up in a minute. And it He's kind of in that whole pop culture thing. Uh-huh. I'm amazed no one thought to do this. And then I felt... Yeah, and, and I imagine he is a fan. You, you want to know how much a fan he is, Matt? Because I knew he was going to be on the show, I went back and watched, like, his last three or four movies to try and, you know, like, get some good questions to ask him. 
Here's the thing I didn't know about his movies. His Batman v Superman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and all these other XX parodies that he does, they all have shared continuity. Really? Yes, yes they do. Are you kidding me? I am not fucking around. Lex Luthor is president in his DC cinematic Holy shit, universe. are you fucking kidding me? Yes, and that carries over into each and every one. Yeah. So, so he's got a better continuity than the actual yes. movies have. Holy shit. Yes, yes, he does. Lois Lane shows up in the Wonder Woman porn parody trying to, like, find people who know Diana so she can get some info. She introduces, or she, like, she interviews the cheetah, and they fuck, of course, because, I mean, hey, it's still a porn movie. <laughs> but the fact where it's like, yeah, these two characters together bouncing off each other, that's really smart. Uh I also really like the woman he has playing Supergirl in the movie. She actually looks a lot like the character from the page. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> His Luther's not bad either. Oh, uh, the Enchantress shows up in, uh, what is it, in the Supergirl movie, working for Lex Luthor, and then shows up again in the Suicide Squad movie. Same with Killer Frost. Wow. <laughs> it's it's smart, too, because it's like, yeah, he would have all these costumes sitting around and he would have all these actors on retainer. So, yeah, he just has them keep coming back over and over again, playing the same parts and actually building a universe. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the porn cinematic universe. Can you believe that? He actually, he's such a nerd, he actually sat down and wrote out an entire cohesive universe. <laughs> that. That's impressive. Dude, dude, Brainiac shows up in, like, the, oh my. In the Supergirl Christ. one. That's the first fight. And here's the thing. It's literally scene for scene the fight they have in, like, that uh, Jeff Johns uh, Supergirl uh, Superman series. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah. It's literally that. They talk about Argos. They talk about the bottle city of Candor and how Brainiac was the one who did that. And the Brainiac costume is really good, too. It's just the one from that Superman animated movie, which is just like the one from the comics. Oh, I'm going to look up the animated Brainiac now. and <laughs> that, That's just insane to think. Yeah. What and, the hell, man? And then, of course, they bone, because always, but it's funny the way they get there. It's like, ah, oh, Brainiac, you know, you're from the planet. Kalu yeah, they mentioned the planet Brainiac is from in the porn movie. <laughs> no no live-action movie would dare even say that, but in the porn movie, it's like, ah, oh, yes, Brainiac, the evil alien uh, sentient AI from Planet Kalu. He used to be a human or something close to it, but now he's a terrible machine creature who captures oh things God. for himself. And then sex happens because, of course, it does. <laughs> but it's just so funny to be like, hey, nerd stuff, nerd stuff, nerd stuff, sex, nerd stuff, nerd stuff, sex. <laughs> That's amazing. It is amazing. I have so many questions to ask this man when he comes here. <laughs> Be like, so you're just doing this for yourself, huh? You know, it's like, yeah, people don't pay attention to the story anyway in these movies, so I'll just write whatever the hell I want. <laughs> Just whatever I want. It'll be great. Well, I suppose he. I suppose like he thinks like, oh well, the people that actually like this Superman stuff are gonna watch these movies, so I better. Put, and I know like how the fans can get, so I better put a little bit of you know actual stuff from the co comics in it. And maybe maybe he did that like as a thing first, and just to see how it works. And then he thought, nah, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, the newest one he's working on right now is actually Empire Strikes Back Triple X. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that hasn't been made yet. I know, right? Matt's like, well, I got to check that out now and check it for accuracy. 
<laughs> to bring it back to the Idris Elba thing, people threw a hissy fit, and then when that movie was done, what did everyone say was one of their favorite things about the movie? Yeah, fucking Heimdall. Heimdall in in, da- in the Dark World is amazing uh, when he like takes down that fucking ship and everything. So it's awesome! An amazing bit. It's a it's an amazing bit. I'm sure she'll be good too in this. Again, I haven't seen anything she's been in. What's interesting about this whole Zendaya Mary Jane Watson thing is that I think we got to see another level to internet outrage that we don't normally see and that level is the hey mary jane watson is a cool character with a bunch of stories and stuff written about her and you can say a lot of things about her and also at the same time too she was always kind of like one of the ultimate geeky sex objects for you know the self-insert peter parker and i think the weird like spectrum of racism that we're seeing here that we haven't seen is the hey i can't jack off to this new mary jane what am i supposed to what can I do if I can't jack off when I see this movie, Matt? What am I supposed to do? And it's like, whoa, dude, calm the fuck down. That's a lot of issues you're spitting all at once there. I don't, I just, okay, whoa, whoa. Just simmer down now. And also, too, you know, this news comes on the heel. I'm sure you'll remember, Matt, as well. They cast a bunch of Peter Parker's high school friends and they all got a racially diverse makeover as well. Yeah, yeah. But yet again, no one knows who those characters are except for us as comic readers. And and my thing was like, you know, hey, you know, Peter Parker's a white kid living in Queens in 2016. He's white, yeah. But most of his, you know, uh, what is it, classmates that he's going to be hanging out with, they won't be if you want to keep that realistic. Yeah, exactly. It's not just all going to be all white people everywhere. It, it was in the 60s when it was written, but not now. Mm-hmm. Shit be changing, as Bob Dylan once famously said. That was that was his big popular song. The shit it is a change in. When he sang it, it sounded so sweet. The shit is changing. How does it feel? Yes, everybody. I've been sitting on that Bob Dylan impression for the better part of four years now, and I never popped it out until now. I wonder why. <laughs> Get ready for the hot new comic multiverse character, Joel Dillon. Let's talk about the comic. Are we going to get like a Joel Dillon and Joe Casada album? Christmas oh. album? Okay, you see, Matt, you, you spoiled it now. I was going to do that for Christmas. Now we got to do that. <laughs> KTL Records bring you Matt and Joel sing your favorite Christmas songs. That's what we're going to do for Christmas. It's Matt and I just going to sing a bunch of songs badly in horrible impressions and that's what we're going to put up Christmas Day so we don't have to work. <laughs> also, too, it seems like a total losing fight where it's like, guys, have you not noticed? The Academy hates superhero movies. They also exactly. Hate, they also hate horror, fantasy, and science fiction, too, but still, you're kind of fighting a losing battle. Exactly. Just, like, hire someone who likes these characters and will make an actual good movie. Now, that being said, you know, the original Suicide Squad was plenty trashy. Imagine how trashy it would be with Mel Gibson at the helm. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I can imagine him in the pitch session right now. Okay, okay, so you see what it is, is that, you know, there's this secret cabal of individuals that control the media and the money in the world. And Mel, 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 <laughs> please, please, for the love of God, do not finish that. For the love of God, do not say another <laughs> word. What, you mean the Jews? Oh, you did it. <laughs> and he, he 
he's he's got like that big crazy man beard he has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like he's he's wielding like a whiteboard with all these markers on it. <laughs> and then he says, "Okay, and here's the thing. So Will Smith, right? He gets captured by this group of people who aren't the Jews, and then he gets tortured a bunch. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> so you keep pitching that in every movie. The hero gets tortured a bunch. Yeah, but he gets even stronger after being tortured, which is kind of a thing in every Mel Gibson movie. You notice that whenever he gets tortured, he ends up getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. In, in his mind, torture gives you powers." <laughs> And then and then they lash him to a cross, right? And then, oh, God, here comes the Jesus now on top of it. <laughs> and, then, and then, meanwhile, in the corner, Zack Snyder's like, yes, yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Zack Snyder's like, yo, bro, you like putting Jesus in your movie, bro? Jesus was jacked as shit and super hardcore, bro. <laughs> and Mal's like, yeah, yeah, he is. Jesus is the most jacked there is. I love you, Zack. I love you too, Mel. <laughs> And they form a bond that lasts a lifetime. And then they go off and do some crunches. <laughs> Which, man, Mel Gibson is pretty fit for his age, isn't he? He is. Man, here's the thing. You know, it's too bad that Mel Gibson is a little bit older now because, man, after that phone call of him, like, you know, threatening to kill his wife and everything, he would have made a perfect joker, wouldn't he have? Yeah, I, I can see it, yeah. Paint his face, dye his hair green. Why don't you smile and blow me, Batman? <laughs> he keeps calling Batman sugar tits. <laughs> hey there, bat tits. I bend over backwards with my balls in a knot for you. <laughs> you know what the problem with my last relationship was? We didn't agree spiritually. I'm going to bury you in the Rose Garden, Robin. <laughs> You know, that or, you know, here's another thing for you. Marvel would never touch him, but man, you put a mask on him and a green cloak, he would be an amazing Doctor Doom, wouldn't he? Oh, God, yeah. I know um, Robert Downey Jr. wanted him to do Iron Man 4. Which which to me sounded like Downey fucking around being like, yeah, I'll do Iron Man 4 if Mel Gibson directs. Thing is that like they like Marvel probably would try and get Mel Gibson if it meant that they could get extend Damn Robert Downey Jr.'s contra- contract. <laughs> like he's playing chicken with the movie where it's like, hey, you're a move, Marvel, and Marvel's like, okay, Gibson, he's in. <laughs> Show up at <laughs> yeah. set on this time, Robert. <laughs> And Rose like, oh, oh, oh goddamn! Oh. I didn't think they'd actually do it. Shit. <laughs> oh, I guess I got to go back for this now. <laughs> and then Iron Man gets tortured. I, I wonder if part of the reason behind this was like, hey, you know, Doom Patrol is actually doing pretty well over in the Young Animal imprint. Maybe we should try and push these guys a little more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, more more power to them. I'm excited for that. And yeah, I, are we going to get Flex Mantello though? Uh, I, I hope so. I hope we get all the weird ass Morrison characters. I hope we get. I hope we get the sentient street who is also gay. Yes, I ho- yes. I hope. I hope we get Phantom Guy. I hope we get all the weird ass Morrison stuff. <laughs> I love that street. He's in the the current build of the team, and it's so awesome. As he should be, yes. A, a street that is sentient and psychic and is also gay and talks to you through signs and shit. <laughs> how, how fucking high was Morrison when he came up that, oh, you know, and I'll have a hero who's a street, and he'll talk to you through signs and everything. Oh, and the street, and the street is gay. And his editor was like, how can a street be gay? Oh, you know, a lot of male strip clubs and bookstores. Oh. <laughs> it's oh. just those two shops. <laughs> oh, okay. 
You 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 shine on you crazy diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you actually did get a chance to read Punisher. Awesome. Oh yeah, he's just killing motherfuckers left and right. Taking taking out the trailer park militia and their drug lab. He's like, no, oh, we know the Punisher. He ain't ready for us. I tell you, <laughs> he's so used to killing gangbangers in the city. You know, he won't be ready for us and our super skills. Dead, dead, dead. <laughs> yeah, he just murders them all. <laughs> and the one guy being like, you wouldn't kill me in front of my daughter, would you, Mister Punisher? Nope, no, I wouldn't. Drops the smoke bomb, drags him into the smoke. <laughs> The, the little girl, Juniper, she kind of won me over. She had an amazing line where she's like, do you like dinosaurs, Mr. Punisher? And he's like, sure. I like dinosaurs, but they make me sad because they're all extinct. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> I love this idea that Frank never considered that before. And he's like, yeah, that is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, and he, this girl made Frank cry. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Frank Castle also loved dinosaurs. <laughs> See, that's a great moment where you should have been like, hey, little girl, have I ever told you the story one batch, two batch, penny and dime? <laughs> Just pull that out there, make that a show comic have, connection. <laughs> have I ever told you about the story about how my family was brutally gunned down by mobsters? You tell us that story all the time, Uncle Frank. I know. <laughs> it's the it only good story. <laughs> it's the only one I know. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the time I took a a, a Serbian human trafficker and tied all of his organs to different trees. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that time I came back as a Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> That's a real thing that happened. And before that, I was like an angel of death for heaven. I was basically spawn, <laughs> but less cool. And there was that time I became Captain America. <laughs> it was brief, but it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I ever tell you that time that uh, I was in a manga universe and I was a geisha and I tickled uh, Yakuza boss's feet to death? That's a thing that happened. <laughs> or did I tell you about the time in the 2099 future where I had a gun that killed you super slow? <laughs> that was a fun time. <laughs> Why don't they yeah. just take the freaking Saints Row engine and do Punisher with it? Oh, that'd be amazing. Just do it. Just fucking do it. It would be so easy. And instead of getting, like, stars because the cops are after you, you get, like, Punisher skulls where all the gangs are after you and trying to kill you now. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. And you can stop street crime for experience points, which you can, you know, cash in to make Punisher better and get better guns and stuff. Yeah. It seems so easy. I really thought of this when I was playing Mafia 3 because so much of the hook of that game is dismantling a criminal empire. And I'm like, this should be Frank Castle doing this. It would be so great. It's like, hey, follow the bag man. Kill all the drug dealers. Steal the drug money. Wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, well, like the main character in in, in um, Mafia 3, his his sort of origin is kind of similar to Frank Castle's, you yeah. know, he, well, his family basically die and he's, he's left for dead. And... He's a Vietnam vet who has his family murdered yeah. before his eyes and who swears vengeance on the mob and all crime. Yeah, he's literally just Frank Castle, except that time when Frank Castle was African-American and it made people really angry. Yeah, it, that happened. It's true, everyone, that's a real story. Punisher tried to go undercover, so he turned himself into a black man. <laughs> he also there's also a bit there where it's like oh and Frank drank acid too so his voice would be deeper yeah. and I'm like wow I find the acid thing more offensive than the skin thing 
And uh, it, it had the moment that you knew had to happen, too, where everyone's like, hey, you know, we respect you, Robbie Ghost Rider. You may be the youngest of us, but you did good, kid. You're the youngest, but you're the best of us. You're the best of us. Robbie was the best of us. Never forget. <laughs> Does that joke even track anymore? That's like five years worth of a joke now to like the early seasons of Walking Dead and, and, and like other podcasts. Does that joke track anymore? I don't think so. We're making fun of T-Dog, everyone. Very early on in Walking Dead, they say T-Dog was the best of us, but he wasn't. <laughs> T-Dog stood in the back and never voted on important things. <laughs> and then died and acted important. Yeah, but that's the thing. He was the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself every day, what would T-Dog do? Uh, hey, did anyone know... Tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> did did anyone ever figure out T Dog's real name? No, it's better this way. <laughs> no one, no one ever asked. No. <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you everyone for watching. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, be sure to like, favorite, subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, smash the like button, as the children say. Matt, <laughs> is that a thing that they're like, saying? Smash that like button. <laughs> smash that like button flick that bell you gotta flip the bell up there so you know when we got new content coming in. I forget that that's a thing that you gotta flip that bell son put that on a shirt flip that bell uh, again if you want to listen to the episode uh, uncut and ad free head on over to the Patreon page or hey pay a dollar become a patron and check out all sorts of new stuff that we got coming for you yeah yeah got some good stuff coming if you do, you'll get to listen to the show Sunday night when it airs. Yep. Which or watch soon. the show Sunday night. Or watch the show because Matt does the video version and I do the audio version. And yeah, with that, everyone, we really will call it this week. Thanks so much for watching. And Matt and I will be back again next week to talk to you some more. So bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.